Hi, welcome to Bite Size Bible Studies. I'm Luke Gradeless. If you haven't been here before, our goal is to spend a few minutes together in God's Word. I want to activate our minds, touch our hearts, and start to transform our souls. We are starting a new book today. We're going to be in 1 Peter. And so we're just going to be taking a little bit of time each day, going through the verses, seeing what God is saying to us in this book. And, and my goal is, my hope is, is that if you follow each day, a little bit by each day, we will get through the book of 1 Peter. As always, my encouragement to you is don't just let this be the totality of your study. If the totality of your Bible study each day is five or ten minutes, it's not going to be enough to fill your heart and fill your soul. Uh, it hungers for the Word of God. It hungers for the truth of His words. And so make sure this is a catalyst for you, but make sure you're spending time meditating, praying, reading through the Word, and really studying. So if you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Peter. We're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. We're not going to do the whole chapter tonight. We're just going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to go verses 1 through um, 12. So 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 through 12. And so it opens up, and, and I think this is neat because we tend to, when we start a new book, at least, at least I tend to, and I know other people I've studied with tend to, skip kind of over the introduction. And that's, that's a bad thing to do because one of the things we always want to make sure we understand when we're reading the Bible is who wrote it? Who did they write it to and for what purpose? And so in 1 Peter chapter 1, these first verses are going to give us some of that information. And so it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and so this is Peter, or Simon Peter, um, who was one of the 12 disciples, he is the one writing this book. And I always think it's important to acknowledge that the way these people identify themselves is based on the relationship in God. And I think that's so interesting because think about our own lives, right? You tend to meet people today. And you meet people today and you ask them who they are. And a lot of times what you're going to hear is their job title, where they work, all kinds of different things. But what these people start with is, I'm Peter. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. Then he says who he's writing to. He says, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bynithia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so what he's saying here is if you, if you study the Bible, in the Old Testament you have the dispersion where the Jews under different kingdoms are taken out of Israel and spread around to different places. And so Peter is writing to a group of these people who, who have been dispersed. And it's, it's interesting to note that Peter is mainly used by God to disciple and teach fellow Jews. Right? Paul is used by God to reach the Gentiles. Uh, to reach the, the non-Jewish people, but Peter's often used to reach out to the Jews. And so that's always an interesting thing to note because in talking to a Jewish audience, Peter's going to have the ability to refer a lot more back to the Old Testament. He's going to be able to refer back to Jewish tradition, and he knows that these people he's talking to are going to fully understand what he's saying because they're from the Jewish tradition and Jewish background. You notice when Paul writes, he doesn't typically do this because he's talking to Gentiles who don't have a, a Jewish foundation to build off of. So we know this is Peter, an apostle of Christ, and he is writing to fellow Jews in these cities. And I think it's important that right away what you see him saying in verse 2 is thinking about your own relationship with God. He says, what about these people? Not only have they been dispersed, yes, but in verse 2, they're elect, right? They're the ones that have been chosen by God. Uh, they've been sanctified by the Holy Spirit for the obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so here in this very beginning part, 
He's acknowledging who he is, who they are, and he's also reminding them that their identity isn't just where they're located. And it's not just their nationality. It's the relationship that they have with Jesus Christ. It's the relationship that they have with God. It's the relationship they have with the Holy Spirit, the full Trinity and how it's impacting them. And so you see that being really important here. And I love this because it reminds me a little bit of the Lord's Prayer, right? When you think about the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Before you get into praying for your needs and your wants, what do you do? You think about who is God. You think about how awesome and mighty and powerful he is. You pray for his will to be done. You think about your relationship with him. And only once you've done those things, then do you start to get to your needs. And similarly, we're seeing a little bit of that kind of emphasis here, where Peter's going, hey, before I get into the meat of what we're going to talk about, let's just remember who we are. Let's remember the beautiful gift of the fact that you and I were chosen by God. We have been sanctified, right? We've been made clean and holy by God. And that we are students and disciples of Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? And I think that's, again, one of the things that you and I want to make sure we do on a day-to-day basis is that we remember our identity in Christ, that we remember we have been saved from our sin, we have been washed clean, we have been purified, we've been adopted into the family. Because if we start with understanding that beautiful truth, it's really hard to have a bad day. I mean, in comparison to those truths, any of the things that the world can throw at us are going to pale in comparison to that identity and to those things that God has already, not that he's going to do, that he has already done for us. And so Peter is reminding the people of this. And so then he says to them in verse 3, Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And, and, and so let's break down some of that. Um, so we focus on this relationship in God, right? We, we think of all the things the Trinity has done for us. Uh, we're reflecting in those things. And then he puts us immediately into the mindset of thinking about the reward that we have for ourselves. And so I, I think this is an important verse for us because it reminds you of one of the essential things that you and I as Christians need to think about. Uh, so in verse 4 he says, to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. And so what is he saying? You and I, as believers, we have this beautiful gift waiting for us. It is a gift that will only come after death, but it is a gift that will never fade away, cannot be corrupted, cannot be broken, cannot waste away, right? Unlike the treasures of this earth, which can disappear like that, The gift that God gives us is something of unbelievable beauty and that we can have hope and faith will be there for us. But it is an inheritance. It is something that is waiting for us after death. 
And so I think it's important for us to remember that one of the things that we are called to as Christians is to fight the temptation to be sucked into the temporary, to be sucked only into the now, and to miss and forget what waits out there for us in eternity, right? As Christians, our, our perspective is to live in the present, but motivated by the eternal, not just sucked into what the world has for us. And so he's reminding the people of that, that we have got to keep the eye on the goal, that we've got to keep our focus on what God has for us in the future. He says to us then, he says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you, love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so again, very very similar. He's going through the same thing. He's talking about how when we think of all that we've been blessed by, when we think about not only what God has already done for us, right? You think about already that, that sanctification, the salvation, right? All those things he's already done. But then thinking about additionally the treasure that awaits us in eternity, those two things give us the strength to face the trials that come today, right? Life is not going to be easy. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be pain. There's going to be hurt. But what he's saying is that's okay. You can survive all that because those things are temporary in comparison to the eternal glory that awaits you. And so the other beauty of this, this, this reward we know we have is it gives us the strength to push through the difficult times that we encounter today. And so I think that's a very important thing for us uh, to keep in mind. He then also talks about how we as a people are blessed in that we have faith in Christ. Right? A lot of these things that happened to Jesus, we didn't get to see with our own eyes. But yet we still believe. Why? Because the Spirit of God speaks to us. The Word of God speaks to us. And so we rejoice in this glory that we get to be part of. Then in verse 10, he says, Of the salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner in time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. And so what he says to them is he says, do you understand how blessed you are? Do you understand how blessed you are, right? In the Old Testament, the prophets spoke of the things that are happening now, right? The Old Testament prophets looked on in wonder and searched the word of God with hunger and passion for when that Messiah would come and what that Messiah would do. And you, you now get to live through that. You now get to experience what they were waiting for, right? All these things, the Old Testament prophets, the the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of the disciples, the work of Christ, you now are a beneficiary of all those things, and so this is kind of his preface. This is kind of his, his opening 
it kind of set the tone for the book. And so I think it's important that when we kind of sum it all up, what we see is one, we must know who we are in Christ. We must know who our God is. We must rejoice in what he has already done for us and what we have to look forward to in the future. And when we've done all those things and we realize just how blessed we are, that gives us the strength and the perspective to push through any of the trials that we face today. That's where we'll leave off today, verse 12. I encourage you, read through this, pray through this, study through it, because there's more and more truth and glory that you could pull out of this. Uh, But be prepared to keep going through God's word and be excited about what he's going to teach you and what he's going to show you as we go through 1 Peter. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. We will see you soon. May God bless you and may God use you.